0: Hi. How
1: are you doing?
0: Good. Long time no see.
1: I know. Are you back home right now? Huh? Are you back home?
0: I'm in Georgia right now. Okay. Which is, yeah, home actually. So, yeah, I'm back home. I got to find where to put this down. I'm like, never, never do Instagram lives. I've, yeah, I had to use it. Okay. Now I have to find something. <laughs> All right. What's up?
1: So um so how it's gonna work, I'm gonna have you introduce yourself. Uh kind of okay. how you got into volleyball, where you're at now, and then we'll just kinda pick it up from there. All
0: right. I think I found a good spot. Okay. Um so introduce myself. Does this look okay?
1: That's fine, yeah.
0: Okay, cool. Um, So my name is Leah Levert. I'm 23 years old. Um, I'm a Virgo. (laughs) And I kind of got into volleyball. I guess I should say like where I went to school too. Okay. Yeah. So I went to school at Syracuse. I started at Syracuse and then I graduated and came to Coastal for grad school. Um, that's where I met Anthony <laughs> and how I got into volleyball. It's actually, I think, a funny story. My sister was really into the shorts that the girls wear. <laughs> and I did everything that my sister did. And so I was like, I'm going to play volleyball too. Um, and so she joined the team, and then I joined the team. Nadia didn't end up continue playing like she was, she didn't want to dive. <laughs> so, well, I was really into it and she had a pair of knee pads and I didn't. And I'd always be like, Nadia, like give me your knee pads if you're not going to use them. And she would never give it to me. But I was like, I don't even care. I would just go for it. So, and so, yeah, so that's how it started with my sister really liking the shorts.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh- but where – I know you told me, like, earlier when we talked um, that you were in Albania for your first pro year. So, how was how was all that like before all this started? Wow.
0: Um, <laughs> Albania was a crazy, great experience for me. Um, let's see. So, I took a break from volleyball, maybe – uh, for about a year I moved to Seattle and decided to like get a real job <laughs> and then I was like oh I hate real jobs <laughs> I don't want to do this yet and so I was like I'm gonna wipe my screen I feel like it's a little blurry
1: Are you
0: good? The sunlight. you're good you know? is that okay?
1: yeah you're fine I feel
0: like it's- okay yeah. um <laughs> And um, so I hated working (laughs) and I was doing like a contract position. So my position was going to be up in August and I decided in July that I wanted to play volleyball professionally, which is like way too late with (laughs) the recruiting. (laughs) And so I was like, I'm going to figure it out. So I started working out again. I started joining leagues all throughout Seattle, playing beach, indoor grass, like whatever I could. I needed new footage because it had been about a year since I played. And so, um, funny story. I went camping in New York my birthday weekend and I got a call from my agent saying, Leah, We have a team that wants you, but you need new footage. And I hadn't gotten any footage. So I left the camp spot and I drove to Syracuse and decided, like, to call my old coach. And I was like, hey, I'm in Syracuse. I'll be here for two hours. Can I borrow the gym? And he let me borrow the gym and the coach. And we filmed some footage. And I drove back to the campsite. and. Literally four months later, I actually got a real offer. It wasn't even for the team that originally offered me um, and that was in Albania. And I had actually decided um, that if I didn't hear back by the end of December, then I was just going like, to move on. Um, and so December had passed and I was like, well, I mean. That, I mean, there, there goes the dream. And in January, I, I just made a call to my uncle. And I was like, hey, I want to join the Air Force. He was like, "Okay, like, I'll make a call to my recruiting buddy. And so I was like, all right. And then I hung up with him. And then. I something told me, like, check your messages. So I checked my messages and I got my agent. I had a message from my agent saying. You're leaving in like four days to go to Albania. Yeah. And I was like, oh. Okay, (laughs) so um, right after I'd given up, I got the offer and got on a plane and get to this place where (laughs) the language is crazy, Um, and it's like the middle of nowhere. Um, I this is the first time I've played volleyball in like two years, maybe. So, I'm like, "Do I even still have it? You know?" And I fell right back into it. It was like I never stopped um, yeah. it was it was really really beautiful experience. yeah, I didn't even talk That's about it. Albania. I just talked about the process of getting there
1: <laughs> but i mean it's it's awesome to think because I remember you it was like it was such a bad, abrupt ending when you came to coastal like that team was supposed to be way different from what it started. Um, for those that don't know, you know, there was a season-ending injury. Um, uh, don't get me wrong, the bench was very lively. Uh, but <laughs> it was it was, a, uh, it was a scenario that no one saw playing out, and we didn't even get into, like, any actual conference matches of any kind. Um, but when you told me that, like, I had no idea. And you told me, oh yeah, I was in Albania um, playing. And I went, okay, because I knew you traveled a lot. I knew you like you would go from place to place and you kind of go adventure and everything. And, and then I started, you posted something from like overseas and I went, uh, you know, I didn't think anything about it. And then, you know, I asked you to come on here and you're like, oh yeah, well, I've been in Albania for the last season. And I just went, wait, wait, wait when did this happen? <laughs>
0: Yeah, It was so random, like, because after my, as you said, like season ending injury, which it totally was, after that, I was like, I kind of moved on from volleyball. Um, I, I, I really believe that like, my injury was like a blessing in disguise. Because all four years, I had just been an athlete and never really gotten to experience college outside of athletics. Um, And so that the rest of that semester and the semester after I got to join so many clubs and I got to meet so many people who I'm really, really close with now. And I actually just left visiting them. And and so I I felt peace about volleyball being like, quote unquote, over. But from the time I was literally in high school up until that injury, it was always a goal to go play professionally. And so for it to not happen, didn't feel right for me.
1: Yeah. Uh, And so where are you at now with your, with your career, with your pro career?
0: I am so, I'm kind of indifferent about it. I, I am thinking about going back to Albania. But also, I feel like I'm ready to start something new. Mm-hmm. Um, I Volleyball will always be like such a special part of my life, and <laughs> it literally changed my life. a <laughs> yapper back there?:
1: <laughs> Yeah, I do. <laughs>
0: It's okay um, <laughs> yeah um, I feel like now is actually the time I need to decide if I want to go back or not, and right now I'm leaning towards not going back um, I if I were to pick volleyball back up, it would definitely be to coach um mm-hmm. But I've got some, knock on wood, pretty big plans for the future. And, yeah, yeah, while professional volleyball is a dream come true in so many ways, um, that injury really put things into perspective. And so did COVID, actually. (laughs) Put a lot of things into perspective. Yeah. Um,
1: I think that's what... you're, i think it's crazy your your dreams kind of show in certain ways when ways that you don't think they will and maybe some last longer than others and so i think it's it is one of those things because i know for me covid was a big was a big opener in different ways uh for sure um it made me slow down from going seven days a week you know teaching training getting up you know practice you know running a club and traveling every weekend to literally stopping. And to mm. to do that was, that was I was weird. Mean you're back. Okay,
0: you like black for a second, but I see you again.
1: Uh-oh. But yeah, it, uh, yeah, it, it was wild to, to have to go through that. Because I know I, oh, I rethought everything, like going forward with my businesses, with how I did things, with my time. So, I mean, I completely get it with, you know, you coming back home and everything shutting down and then you going, you know, what do, what do I really want to do?
0: Mm-hmm. For sure, well, in what ways, what, what changed of volleyball, what changed for you?
1: um it was it was more i started stepping back and looking at what else could i do besides just coach and so um this idea actually came out of it was doing all these little episodes and then um ended up doing a lot more obviously like you know with zoom zoom calls and everything getting into you know i got to like actually talk to my athletes more and See who was who really wanted to be a part of the program, who is putting in their extra time. Um, I had kids, you know. I don't, I don't know. I just started figuring out more of what I needed to get done, not of what looked good, like on the outside, but more of the inner workings. Um,
0: yes. No. I I totally understand that. Um. Yeah. Just not having access to like a bunch of other human beings (laughs) um, really makes you realize just how many businesses are interpersonal. And when you can't be in front of another person in order to offer your services to them, it makes you question in what ways you can still be of value. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 I mean, it's, it's a, it's kind of a hard thing to think about because I don't, I don't know what the statistics are, but so many businesses are like physical labor in one way or another, you know, um, especially like, uh, sports, like,
1: yeah,
0: just I watching I got
1: I got
0: how difficult it is for professional sports leagues to try. Huh? No, go
1: ahead.
0: Oh, yeah. Just, just like watching all of these different sports leagues try to continue their season. Um, it also reminds you just how important like human interaction is to people so many people are going crazy without like live sports to watch, you know? So it's this yeah. weird, like cognitive dissonance of, I want to be near these people, but I can't, but I also want to be of obs- And this is the way I do it. It's in person, but I can't be in person, but I still want to interact with them. How to, it's just all of these things that we're all rethinking as a society. It's,
1: yeah.
0: it's really interesting.
1: Um, yeah, I mean, I had I had the the group of girls from club. I have a lot more now training um, since we were able to start you know like in person training and everything. Um, I've really seen in like what was it? So everything started back in March, and then a lot of the girls started coming back in I want to say June, May, June, and then we started having more people come back in the last month. Um, I've seen such a huge growth. In a lot of them, in those few months, and it is. Can you hear me? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And it's it's been I don't know, it's been it's been wild to see what two or three months away from everybody can do for somebody, like to see what you can actually. What you, could, what you can accomplish personally, what you can do within your family, and kind of how, how are you actually using technology? Like, I did it to connect with all these people and try and set up all these meetings and episodes and talk to people and, you know, bring some ideas to the table. And um, it helped me actually get more coaches for club. Like, I started thinking outside the box. Like, I talk to these people constantly, and they're going to be around. Why am I not thinking of this? And
0: yeah.
1: I think it makes you it makes you tear things apart to really look at the inner workings, and then notice what's actually in front of you.
0: Yeah, no, that's exactly what's been happening, and I, it just makes me think of like when I was in quarantine with my boyfriend. We went through the whole house, like top to bottom, just okay, why is this here? This is a can of olives from 1972. Like, throw that away. You know, like, reorganizing the whole whole garage, you just, you start to look around your surroundings and see all of these things that are either unnecessary or not working or irrelevant or could be working and you're not putting them to use. And so it's awesome that you're doing that with your career, you know? I mean, I'm I'm doing the same thing now. I'm I'm thinking, okay. So I, one, I think I needed to prove to myself that I could still play volleyball at a high level and like be badass. And I was like, oh yeah, I can't. Yeah. Um, but then after that, I was like, okay, like, can I say that? Is that okay? That's, That's the only all. <laughs> you said it already. Right. <laughs> and then two. Well, now that I've kind of like proved that to myself again, what where do I go from here? Because now I'm not as I'm not as invested in volleyball. I've had enough time to separate my identity from the sport and who I am as an individual. And but I know that I still like to work with people and I love what a team can do. I love watching like the magic of a team. That's so important to me. Um, and so how can I combine those skills with other people, even if we're not face to face, you know?
1: Yeah, I know that's, that's big with, um, with some younger athletes where that's like, that's all they have. And what they think is their identity is they're just an athlete and they don't feel like they have anything else. So, mm-hmm. I think to hear it from someone that you know you've gone through the okay I am going to step away I'm gonna get pulled back in and now it's it's kind of in a limbo and you know that's something that I know uh, you've had the you have you probably had the talk when you were in high school thinking about playing in college and of uh, all right well do you are you really understanding what you're saying and then you know you have to think about it at, at 17 18 is a totally different conversation in your head then 23 24 and then to have it again a couple years later you kind of go all right well i've gone through so much do i if i'm gonna do it am i gonna love it or is it is it gonna turn into a job you know it's you got all these kids i think especially some of the younger ones that are you know whether they feel i don't know less because they're not getting scouted or you know, they're like, you know, I I don't feel like I'm smart, and sports is all I have, or you know, my friends all play sports. What if I leave it? Do I sell my friends? You know, you have there's so, I think there's so many scenarios that no. they get to realize like you're just, you're you're an athlete, which is amazing, which makes you into such an you know a strong person. But you're more than just an athlete. You you know you have your own qualities, you have your characteristics, and. You always have that team, that family, but you yeah. need to go out and make the impact, whatever it is. Like, I knew at the end of college I was done playing. I knew it. There was no – I didn't have the skill. Um, they would never have taken – like, my chances, even as a libero, were slim. Like, even if I was Division One, it was very, very slim because, you know, they take more hitters, at least, that are American – then they're going to waste on one defensive player. So, mm-hmm. you know, even hearing that, I was like, okay, well, you know, wh- how can I stay involved? And then it was, I'm going to play. I'm just going to play. I'm going to play pickup rec leagues. I'm going to play USAV maybe, play like A-level, double A and go from there. And Then that ran for a little bit during college, and then that ran for a little bit after college and got into coaching once I got into coaching and realized, you know, even in coaching, you can still play, like you can still exercise your abilities. And that was, that was the void filler. And it's, it's not the void filler that people really think they want, but it's the one they need. Mm. And I think that's Mm. the other hard part to swallow is what you want to do. And what you need to do is kind of accepting that life does not play out how you think.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes you just have a season-ending injury. Sometimes you just don't get to the professional level. Sometimes you get there and you realize, okay, it's not what you want to do. But I think it's interesting that you brought up that questioning process when you're in high school, when someone asks, like, so you want to play in college, like, what does that mean to you? Because... What when you're getting recruited, some girls get recruited at like 13 or 14 or 15, you know, just really, really young ages, so guys too. And what the heck do you know at that age? You know, you like personally, my decision wasn't like well thought out, it was just what I thought you were supposed to do. You know, I was like, okay, you play high school volleyball and then you know, then you play club. And then now that I've played club, I want to go to college. So I go to college for volleyball and I just choose a school and then I go like, I didn't really have anyone really discuss seriously, like sit down with me and really talk about like what that entails, what that means, or talk about what would come after college volleyball. That kind of stuff. I just had a coach say, well, after college volleyball, then you play professional volleyball. So it wasn't something that I feel like I was actively thinking about deeply, you know, and that's kind of the the downside of getting recruited so young is that you you just kind of follow the formula, you know, you just do what people say you're supposed to do. And if it works out for you and you, you make it to all of those steps, then there's hardly any thought that goes into it. It just feels like the natural progression because that's what people tell you is an actual progression. But, um, it, it's so important to have like a mentor like you who will take the time and explain to them what that decision actually means and like what a career means. You know, like I, I for such a long time just had the idea that my career would be volleyball. And then once my senior year, <laughs> it like wasn't an option. I was like, oh, that's right. Like that, I'm in college to learn, you know, <laughs> like so I can get a job. <laughs> like, um, and like, I'm so happy that I happened to get two degrees that I actually have a passion for. but some people you know whether it be volleyball or basketball it it's not always the case you know sometimes they're just getting some degree that can keep their gpa up long enough for them to make it through all four seasons you know and then then they hope to aspire to the pros and doesn't doesn't always it's just not so smooth you know it's not always so easy yeah. you know like there's COVID.
1: There's, kids, there's there's those kids that I think, just like you said, they, they get lost because it is almost like a fantasy. Like, you, you do live yeah. somewhat of a dream when you're playing in college. And you I think sometimes you get lost in it, and then you're like, well, my last season just ended. I have one semester left. And, you know, and depending if you're playing indoor or beach, you know, it's either I have one semester left or I'm in my last semester. And it's six months, and I am out. And that's it. And you know you, what if you don't have that that pro that that pro line you know especially even for beach you know if you're not playing AVP and you're not placing that's hard. if you're not doing world like you know u23 tournaments that's hard and yeah. you know, I know a lot of those girls that are doing those AVP ter- tournaments, especially coming out of uh, coming out of college unless they're those top programs um, they're working and then training on the side. And then they're taking time off of work to go travel and do that, you know it. It's something that there's an, has to be an understanding of sacrifice, and you have to be willing to let go of everything to get what you need. And I think that is huge. To say this might be my last match I play ever at twenty two. Um. I never thought I'd say that uh, and I did collegiately, you know, I played, I played college club, but um, it was, I played my last match collegiately. I didn't play my last match. And that was the thing.
0: Yeah.
1: Now, yeah. now you compete to compete. You compete for the fun of it. You don't really compete for money unless you have, you know, you're like, Oh, Hey, this is a cash tournament. Um, let's create a fun team and just go out. You know, you compete for the notoriety within yourself and
0: say I did that yeah I I feel lucky because I never I never had to think like this is going to be my last college match even professionally I wasn't I didn't think this is going to be my last professional match COVID happened and then I was like I'm leaving. I can't stay here. Like the zombies are going to attack any second. Like the world is ending. I got to go. So like, (laughs) it still didn't strike me. Like none of those times struck me as this is my last time here. This is my last time there. The only time I've ever had that feeling was in club. And I I don't even remember what that feels like, you know? (laughs) So I was like, I'm just going to go play like college. It'll be good. So, but it's, it's really interesting to hear how that kind of plays out, that feeling of like, oh, this is ending. And but it's OK, because volleyball is still a part of my life. And now I'm playing for all of these different reasons like that. That really warms my heart because I think about it in the future and I'm like, what's it going to feel like whenever I go to a grass tournament? Like, am I going to feel as happy as I do when I'm? like in the coastal Carolina stands or in Syracuse stands or in the small Albanian stands, you know, but just hearing that it's like, no, you find all of these other like feelings of joy just doing that sport. I'm like, okay, cool. Like I can relax. It's okay. (laughs) Yeah.
1: I know, I know now is, my thing now is I've been doing a lot more lessons and one-on-one stuff. Um, especially with a lot of high school seasons are starting to get canceled. Um, Starting to get a lot more inquiries. I mean, it's it's one of those things that now you're starting to get exposed to more personalities. Um, Even with teaching in a way, like um, I teach phys ed now, which is weird to think I'm in my second year. Um, You know, you deal with kids way outside what you coach. You know, I might only coach – now, I had my youngest athlete ever today at nine, and I'm like, oh, my God. Like, I know how to handle it, and it's just – I'm so used to teenagers, like 13, <laughs> maybe 12 and up. You know, they're already kind of locked in a little bit. might be a little bit of a social hour at the younger ages, but, you know, they're locked in the ready to go. You know, you, you jump below that, that 11, 12, like 10 you, it's kind of like you're hitting a different animal now. And, yeah. like, teaching – helped me wrangle that in and kind of rein it in and i learned how to teach that age not volleyball just to talk to that age and so that's where and i got led into teaching from just my wife like just saying oh you like you'd be really good at doing this you explain everything you do this and i'm like you know, I'm that kind of person and I think this is another reason why me and you got along is we don't, we don't see those aspects in ourselves. Like we kind of like, okay, yeah, you know, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to upplay it. You know, I want to stay kind of leveled where I'm at and just keep getting good at something and not think, oh, I'm up here and I'm going to tell you I'm up here. It's, mm-hmm. you know, hey, this is what I'm producing. Is it something you want? If it is, let's work together. And I know now it's been a culmination of two years coaching my own club, teaching, training. I'm moving into a facility for the first time with a full court indoor, and it is astonishing to look at it in a in a full like a full view when I step back and I know you're going through the same thing with you know stepping back now looking at your pro career, looking at your college, your club, and then going, the door's wide open now. Like, yeah. And I think that's the fun and the scary part is you're like, I don't I don't know what's coming, but I'm probably going to get stressed out by it. I'm probably going to get frustrated, but mm-hmm. in, I'm going to look back and be real happy, and I'm going to be giddy just like I was when I first started playing in the game, but for other reasons. So yeah. – Fun. It's fun to see, it's fun to have those, those little kid moments and those little kid feelings when you're an adult. <laughs> yeah. yeah,
0: it's freaking amazing. Like, I'm so proud of you. I know there's had to have been times for you where it was absolutely scary to kind of step on that ledge and pursue it. But, I mean, look at you now, you know, like, that's so amazing.
1: Remember, and also, I remember our, I remember our talks at Coastal about, about, yeah, about. I, do
0: too. I don't know, like, <laughs> I don't want to spill all your business. I'm just, I'm so proud of you. Like,
1: <laughs> and, but that's what, I mean, that's what, that was the big thing for doing this is, um, I wanted to show everybody that it Having all these people on, and some of the ones I've had on, I don't—I've never met personally. Um, I was just—I asked, or I've met them in passing, and you know, I'm like, you know, I'm not trying to show off. Like these are the people I know. It's this is what happens when you put yourself out there, when you're okay to be scared, when you're okay to be vulnerable, and you can kind of take a beating in a way, mentally, physically, whatever it is, and you push yourself through those thresholds. And like you know, walking into coastal for the first time, and I was like short compared to everybody, and <laughs> I got I go little. Yes, um, you know, my first effort partner was Tanner. I mean, and she was um, the only one that was my height at the time, <laughs> and you know, I look over and you know Joseph would say, "You have to block the middles," and I'm like, "You're making the wrong decision." You are. You're making the wrong decision. Um, I cannot imagine having to be an assistant coach at that point. It's not, like uh,
0: it, it takes grit, you know. It takes grit
1: for sure. And same thing. Like I was, I was proud of you when I found out all the stuff that was happening for you. Like when, when you said, "Hey, I've been in Albania," and I was like, "Oh my god! Like that's awesome. <laughs> you know, it's always cool." It's always cool to – maybe if you're not with, like, you know, keeping up with that person constantly, but you get to kind of see um, – and I think this is where social media really does help us. We get to see how everyone's doing in a way. Obviously, pictures can hide a lot of things, but yeah. you get to see the experiences they're having. You get to see some of the things they get to go, go, go adventure at, um, go live. I mean – things that normally we probably would never get and you can you can kind of vicariously live through it in a way without like yeah. oh i have to go do that or you know feel jealous and you're kind of like i think that's where the mindset changes You're like i am so happy for that person that you know i want to see them go do bigger things i think that, sure. that change that mental change is what fixes and cre- oh, that not fixes, not even fixes, but creates such a level mindset and a very fluid chemistry.
0: That's very true. Um, once I stopped comparing my own life trajectory to my friends who were going and playing pro or to the coastal girls who got to finish the season, I became so much happier because like I said, I started embracing all of the other opportunities that were around me, you know, and I got to step into new sides of myself. And I, I, I'm kind of glad that the injury happened. And I know it sounds crazy, but like, I had an internship for the United Nations. I got into camping. I got to move to Seattle. I got to have a semester of college. I met amazing people like so many, so many positive things happened. And that was a really rough season. Like, I don't know if you remember, yeah. but it was, it was a really good season. And so I didn't have to do it. I was like, Okay, like, now that I have had time to, like, calm down and really think these things through, like, I, although that's what is a, is a, is expected of you, and although playing and finishing is what was expected of me, that's not what life had in store for me, you know, and I had to, I had to finally accept that those expectations were not set in stone the way I felt like they were, you know, those expectations were just a story that I had told myself, you know? So
1: I I remember, I mean, I remember right after it happened and you came in and I looked at you and I was like, wait, 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 what happened? Like you were gone. You were, you guys, where'd you go? You you went to a State.
0: It was like, it was something with an A I think. I think it's uh, blah,
1: blah, blah, blah. Midwest or something I can't remember. I could I'll look it up in a little bit. Um, but you guys left for like a preseason tournament or like try match or something and came back and I get a text. Or I did I yeah, I think I got a text from CJ or something and then I see you and I went wait wait what what happened? And what then What did it, you text you? <laughs> huh? No, it was just what like, did you- Oh, it was just like an update of like – because I asked him like, hey, how is everything going? I saw the score was happening, and I would follow – I mean, I would follow all the plays and watch – I'd watch the play-by-play. So when they sub certain people in, and I would see, oh, this person's going in. Maybe this is happening. And so i text him, hey, man, give me an update. What's going on? And, you know, I started seeing your name not in there. And I went, okay, not a big deal. Whatever. Maybe, you know, they're – because the score, I yeah, I was like, hey, it was a good game. You know, they pulled her out, put in, um, I can't remember, somebody Ari. um, They put Ari
0: in, I believe. Ari or Dora? I, I don't even know. Um, well, I wasn't there. I yeah. was in the rehab room. <laughs> I don't even know who they put in.
1: And so I was like, okay, you know, cool. They're, I think it was Ari. They were giving Ari a chance. And I was like, okay, they're putting her in. Cool. Maybe should they're, they're just getting her reps. And then I asked him, I was like, hey, I saw the change and all this happened. And he goes, yeah, um she's not coming back and I was like wait what do you mean and he's like <laughs> he's she's she's out for the season like she's gonna be with us but she's out for the season and I was like oh my god what happened <laughs> yeah and so he told me and then when you showed up and you're like hey buddy you ready to sit on the bench together and I kind of went oh my god and that was, that I was, that like, was, that was so positive that, about it. that was <laughs> No, oh, but that was and see that was the other that was the other cool thing was it was always there were there were funny stories we would joke we would go back and forth, but when the game started I mean you know we we were taking stats doing things but we would still joke and talk with each other, and that I think is what showed your mentality and how you handled the situation because it was always you know we saw each other we gave each other hugs hey how are you doing what's going on. And during water breaks, you know, the girls come over and talk to you, me and you would make, you know, chatter here and there. And, um, you know, I always, I knew, because it was the first, since it was like, I was still nervous in there. I remember I'd do something and you're like, good job, buddy. And I would sit there and go, you know, I'm, I'm like 27. I'm not five, but it was one of those, <laughs> I always you know, but it, but that's what that helped take the edge off. That's yeah. The edge off was was the non-seriousness from some of the players. And yeah. so you know, when I had someone like you, I had someone like Tanner there. Tanner was just like, "Yeah, man, cool. Let's let's do it." Yeah. You know, so
0: relaxed. Like, <laughs>
1: I mean, when I had different personalities, especially on B-side when we were just we didn't care. We just we just wanted to ball out and have fun. Um, yeah. That's what made it easier, and so you know, and still it's even, like, even, even travel and stuff too. Like you know, we would sit and chat and uh, you know tell stories and other stuff, and it was for me. It was the most one of the most enjoyable seasons ever because I got to experience a program I'd never dealt with before on a level I'd never dealt with. Um, <laughs> Kind of had like one of the perfect, like we'll say, start and finishes in a way, because we went yeah. all the way to Arkansas. We won the Sun Belt, and I was like, "This is my first year. Like, this is awesome." You know?
0: Yeah. But, like, where do we go from here? It's nowhere but up.
1: But yeah, it was it was definitely something that you know showed me different ways to handle certain things. Like just because it seems like absolute, like everything is going wrong, um, something can you can you can fix it to however you want.
0: Yeah, that it. And I just want to say, like having coaches like you and coaches like CJ, like you, our relationship definitely helped take the edge off for me because I mean it was also a new program for me too, and. The atmosphere was totally different than what it was at Syracuse. Um the coach was totally different than what it was at Syracuse, and so like in a way, it was more it felt more serious. The energy was more serious, but like talking to you and just being goofballs like it reminds you, oh yeah, like this is literally all just a game <laughs> like, you know. This isn't life or death. It feels like that a lot of times, but it's not. Like, I can relax, and, oh, yeah, when I relax, I play so much better, you know? And so, like, I totally believe that having coaches like you, who you can go to when you're feeling like crap, you can go to when you're feeling, like, on top of the world, who will always know how to treat you in that moment, whether they need to be, like, hey, like, brush it off, get it together, or they can be like, come on, like, it's okay, like, just shake it out, you know? Just, But it not being a relationship where they're barking at you all the time or they're treating you like you're just a, a bag of muscles that's supposed to just hit balls all day and, like, do, do great all the time, you know? Like, coaches like you are what makes it so much more enjoyable, you know, and who, honestly, I feel like help the team win. You always need that person.
1: You that's do. Awesome. And that's why, like, there was, um I can't remember who it was. I just recently heard it. Uh, it was a college coach. I think it was a D1 coach, I want to say. And she said, you know, I don't teach. We don't, we don't talk about winning. We don't talk about record. We don't talk about score. We talk about skill, technique, and what kind of person you are because, Everything else will get handled. You can't do anything about it. You can't, you can't force a point. You can't force a record. You can't force anything. And I think that's why you have teams like Penn State. You have, you have those teams that can make those four-year runs or three-year undefeated, four-year undefeated runs because it's in some way there has to be a thought process of uh, we're not out to be undefeated. We're out to just play really well we're out to execute, we're out to be an image in a way. Like, you you have to – I think you have to set a standard in more ways than just on the court. And I know that was another thing that um, – uh, I know a lot of the older girls during that season tried – like, there was there – was, there was I think there was a little policing. I mean, I didn't ask. I didn't want to know. Um, there was a little policing of, like, you know – outside of the court and things like that. But, you know, as a unit, you flowed. I mean, it was fun. Even, even when someone did slow down, someone stepped in. So that was, that was a lot of fun. Um, I keep having this thought and I gotta, I have to say this story. Um, <laughs> uh, you, when you remember this, you're probably going to hate me, but that's, that's fine. Um, so
0: I many embarrassing stories. It's like oh, say uh, it. <laughs>
1: so when we were at home games, for anyone that has no idea, when we were at home games at CCU. At one point, there was a certain individual working the media side of the games, and Leah, <laughs> and I would have conversations about this person going back and forth, and uh. Uh, let me just tell all my athletes this, which I harass them whenever they start talking about boys or if there's someone at a tournament. I embarrass them just like I did you. And you just start calling that person out, hey, man, she wants to talk to you, you know? Or you start saying, hey, did you talk to him yet? You talked to him yet? You're talking a big game. You're not doing anything about it. I mean, even, even at the college level, even at the bigger, more serious areas, like, that comical side still happens and i think it still has to happen
0: that's never not happened for me like <laughs> at syracuse there were plenty of other people all the guys i'm not going to say this because i'm still friends with a lot of those guys i don't want them to know that i like them but you know <laughs> like <laughs> uh, i have a boyfriend i have a boyfriend right now um yeah i yeah, have yeah,
1: yeah. Have
0: to cover yourself, but okay. Did I say like? I meant. <laughs> Anyways, um, yeah, I, I'm oh not. I, I actually don't even really remember what you're talking about. It's I don't <laughs> know. It's so long ago. So long ago. Well, that's too bad. It sounds like a really funny story. It's too bad we couldn't talk
1: about it. Oh,
0: that's... Uh, cool. Yeah. I actually have a really funny story that is about Albania and it's kind of ties into everything we're talking about. Um, so we were undefeated, you know, while this was still happening and then started hearing news about COVID and I was just sitting in my room every day, you know, like not hanging out with anyone because no one speaks English. So I would just kind of like surf the internet, read, whatever. And I would, read all the news, you know, COVID is getting worse. It's, con- it's super contagious. It lives on surfaces for the rest of the earth's duration of existing and the zombies are going to come and then there's going to be a meteor. That's going to hit and the dinosaurs are returning. It was just getting worse and worse and worse every day. And so I also was getting emails from the U S embassy that was basically saying like, if you don't return home, to america like yesterday then you're probably gonna be in albania for the rest of your life you know like until we figure out covid but it it was basically saying like indefinitely you'll be there indefinitely yeah and at the rate things were going it could have easily been like a whole extra year that i would have been staying there um and on top of that the medical care system in albania i heard wasn't great And so if I was going to catch it, I would probably be receiving medical care there. And that also scared me because no one knew anything about COVID let alone the Albanian medical care system, not even the U S healthcare system. So I decided like, okay, I should probably get out of here. So I talked to my coach and she really wanted me to stay. Um, we went back and forth for maybe a week every single day talking about it and she kept trying to tell me like Leah you need to stay like we're going to win the championship we're going to be undefeated and I didn't know how to convince her like you're wrong like there's no way because I'm also watching all of the European conferences drop out every single day there'd be like five teams that would their season is canceled five team season is canceled I was just waiting for ours to get canceled and I was like, I need to leave like ASAP. So she was like, I'll, I'm going to say it one more time, but like, we're going to, we're going to win the championship and you're not going to be. And I was like, oh, come on. So I left and I went to Boston with my boyfriend and I'm still watching all of these teams drop out and drop out and drop out my conference never picked it back up. Um, and then maybe about a month ago, I put my message messages and I see all of these like, congratulations, congratulations, like, yay, meredit, meredit. And I go on Facebook and it's this big post from my coach about how they won the championship. And I message my agent and I'm like, hey, did my team win the championship? And he he goes, yeah, they're actually the only team that kept playing. (laughs) Um, But they – literally, my team was a part of the only conference in literally the whole world that actually kept playing, and they won the championship. So – I am technically an international champion but <laughs> I didn't stick around long enough to actually play. I I'm it was so funny and like horrible all at the same time. Yeah. It, it was something I felt was kind of interesting that kind of sums up my uh my <laughs> professional career like I don't know I feel like oh like what's the point anymore like I whatever like it's clearly not meant to be for me like I'm over it at this point you know um yeah sorry about that kind of rant I just think it's a hilarious story it
1: is I mean it is uh and I'll say I personally watched the first one unfold So, Mm -hmm. I mean, I completely understand where you're coming from. I mean, I, it's kind (laughs) of hard to want to go through and at least the possibility and with all the uncertainty of everything going on as well. um, That's really hard to try and fathom. But Yeah. um, So I want to finish this up with um, one thing from you and that's going to be, what is your piece of advice for those listening? Uh, Maybe the girls who are, you know, young in the sport, or they're looking to take the step to the next level?
0: Oh, um, don't compete against anyone else except for yourself. That's, that's definitely mine. And when you're playing, trust your body the whole time. That's definitely mine. Trust in your ability to do these things because you know that you've practiced long enough and hard enough for those skills to be ingrained within your muscle memory and then just let it flow. Don't think about it. Just let it flow.
1: So, well, thank you, Bean. Um, I throw that <laughs> in there. Um, uh, that's a that's a that's a little inside joke. Um, sorry for all those for <laughs> um, uh, uh, i going to explain. It I want to say thank you again. I really appreciate it. It was awesome catching up with you again. Um, i hope whatever you do next please keep me updated um and if you're ever down here yes. in, back here in coastal uh, let me know um i'd love to go play a beach beach doubles tournament with you uh you know, that. see if uh both sets of our knees will will still work um yeah we'll that.
0: see we'll see if that if that's even a thing if i even still have knees i don't know i just don't <laughs> even look down there anymore just
1: <laughs> Just ignore it. <laughs> no. Thank you again. Um, I will catch up with you for sure soon. And um, anyone that you want to listen to this watch, anything, I'm going to post this later on, uh, like, Spotify and Apple iTunes and all that.
0: Thanks, buddy.
1: <laughs> no problem.
0: <laughs> Great job, buddy.
1: <laughs> uh, um, take it easy. It was awesome
0: talking. You too. Have a good day.
1: You too. Bye.